welcome to Rebel Rose Radio, a multidimensional sanctuary where we explore the depths of ancient feminine arts and wisdom, womb-based business, leadership, creation, and intentional living. I'm your host, Gina Francis, feminine embodiment guide, womb-based business mentor, facilitator, and herbalist. And I am truly so excited that you are here. Rebel Rose Radio is the podcast where we unearth ancient feminine ways of living, leading, and creating to be integrated into your life as a modern day woman and womb holder. These conversations will serve as bridges between esoteric teachings, principles, and frameworks, and the practicalities that are necessary to fulfill your life's work on this earth. I invite you to enter the sanctuary where there are the most luscious and inviting havens for you to explore. Each episode will offer you a different flavor and texture of the Rebel Rose, leaving you feeling more at home within your own body than ever before and wide-eyed at the beauty of living in this divine feminine vessel. We will traipse through the temple doors as feminine codes within you are activated, sit in ceremony as we heal and pray together, play in the apothecary as our plant allies walk us home, commune in the office space to birth our greatest visions to life, and expand our minds in the library of intellect and wisdom. My love, I am truly so happy that you are here. Take a deep inhale, a cleansing exhale. Choose to be fully here, present, as you receive this episode's medicine. All right, babe. Let's dive right in. Before we begin this episode, my loves, I am here to drop a little plug for my one-on-one private mentorship. I am currently enrolling three new beautiful clients. This is for female entrepreneurs who are ready to devote to their businesses, to their creative journey, to their womanhood, to their visions, to their offerings and service in this world from a place of pleasure of deep embodiment, of love, of heart-led leadership, and in a way that is in harmony with their body, meaning that your business and your creations don't come at the expense of your body, but instead they are fueled by your body, by the wisdom inside of you. I have three spaces available to start in April. This is for female entrepreneurs or very inspired, budding, driven entrepreneurs, meaning you're just getting started or you don't yet have a business, but you are in the phases of creation and want that support as you begin to offer your gifts into the world. So whether you are a seasoned entrepreneur and you are desiring to really soften in your business and bring in more ritual, more pleasure, more play, more ease, and actually slow down from the really fast-paced masculine drive and 
hustle that you've been going at, or you are simply wanting to devote to your creativity, to your expression on a whole new level, this one-on-one mentorship is for you. There are a couple of different packages and lengths available depending on where you're at and what you're desiring. So be sure to head into the show notes and you can apply right there. And also feel free to send me a DM at I am Gina Francis. I look forward to working with you. Hello, my loves, and welcome back into Rebel Rose Radio. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I am so, so happy to have you here. And today's episode is going to be a really raw, really intimate, and really personal one conversation. This is going to be a solo episode with me and me. And today we're going to talk about, well, I want to share with you about my journey with God and the current journey, the current walk that I am on in my faith and my union with God, my journey with God, where I've been in the past, where I've come from as a child to where I am currently at in this relationship in my life. This feels, again, really intimate. It feels a bit scary. But as I was journaling and walking this morning, I just kept hearing God's voice and feeling God coming through my body in that it's time for me to start speaking about this. It's time for me to start sharing this, even if it's messy even if I don't know, even if I'm still confused, even if I'm still figuring it out, it's time to start really bringing a voice to this conversation. So my invitation is to for you to be open and receptive and soft in your body and to take what feels true and leave the rest, knowing that this is a highly sensitive and potentially highly triggering conversation for many of us. Trust me, it used to be, (laughs) used to be for me as well. And it still is at times triggering because I'm unraveling a lot of what I've been programmed to believe and what's happened in the world in regards to religion and in regards to the church. And today I'm here to really share with you where I'm at on that journey of disentangling with the density and the, what's the right word? Kind of the the, the dark side of religion and the church and actually coming into faith and faith-based spirituality and a walk in union with God that is not necessarily religious. So again, this feels intimate, tender, and raw, but I'm here for it. And I hope you are too. And I really hope that you can enter this space today with an open heart and an open mind and allow for it to invite even deeper contemplation for yourself. Okay. There's going to be a lot of things I'm going to touch on. I was taking notes before this and yeah, I was just feeling 
deeply in my body that it's time. You know, oftentimes as much as our mind wants to tell us we should be afraid, we should be scared, we're not ready. The body always knows. The body always knows. And for me with this experience, and I've felt this so many times in my life, you know, when I've moved across the world by myself, when I've started a new relationship, when I've ended a relationship that I thought was going to be the rest of my life, when I make decisions in my life and my business, my travels that feel, you know, like, I feel like I should be scared. It's like the world tells me I should be scared. I should be nervous. I should be stressed, but my body tells me otherwise. My body tells me that it's okay. My body tells me that I can trust. My body tells me that it's safe. My body tells me that we've got this. So that's even a, an invitation for you before we even dive into what we're going to get into today is to observe and notice when your mind is trying to tell you that you should be feeling a certain way about something, but your body says otherwise. Even notice when your mind is telling you that you should be feeling scared, you should be feeling stressed, you should be feeling overwhelmed. Actually descend down from the mind into your body and notice what your body is saying. Is your body feeling scared, stressed, overwhelmed? Or is your body feeling soft, calm, open, receptive? You know, it's that coming into, and that's so much of the foundation of my work is coming into attunement with the language of your body, learning the language of your body so that you can live a richer reality, that you can experience a richer, more fulfilling, more nourishing reality through the body, through leading with your body. Okay. So I want to actually let you all in on my opening prayer before every podcast that I do, before every session that I run, before every space, call, et cetera, that I facilitate. I always set intention and prayer. And we're going to talk about my relationship to prayer and what I really believe prayer is in this episode. So just be with me for this now. Feel free to receive this yourself. If you're in this space to close your eyes and take a deep breath. I invite you to do so. Please do not close your eyes (laughs) if you're driving or any other activity that requires you to have your eyes open. But do take some deep breaths and soften your belly, soften your jaw. Mm. God, my prayer today, (laughs) my voice already cracked. (gasps) (laughs) Let's go again. God, my prayer today is that I may be a vessel for your love to pour through, that I may be a channel and a conduit for this message, this story, my journey to channel through me and out into the world. 
I pray to be open. I pray into my openness. I pray into my receptivity to your love, to your truth, and to your highest vision for both myself and every single person who's listening. I set the intention for everyone, every single human that is meant to receive this episode to receive it. I trust, I have knowing, I have faith that this podcast, this specific offering will be received by the humans that are meant and ready and willing to receive it. God, I ask that this episode, this conversation and transmission brings people not closer to me, but closer to themselves, closer to their truth and closer to your truth closer to God, closer to love. I ask and I pray that anything that is in the way of me speaking my truth, of me sharing with love, with integrity, be cleared away, dissolved away. I pray into... into the awakening on this planet of women, of womb holders, of all humans coming home to their body, to their wholeness, to their innate sense of worthiness through you, through love, through devotion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Aho. Amen. And so it is. All righty, here we are. So I do actually have some notes and <laughs> I want you to just notice to start how, how you feel, how you felt during that, how you felt after that. Has anything moved within you already? Has anything shifted within you already? And just be with it, you know, be with the sensation in your body. And one of the reasons that I wanted to record this episode now before next week's episode comes out is because in next week's episode, we, I interview my mentor and powerful fucking woman and leader, Victoria Washington. And she has been probably one of the greatest teachers for me on my journey and coming home to God. And she hasn't even done it intentionally. You know, we haven't actually been in a God mentorship kind of thing. I will share this more on the last, on the next episode with her, but um, I've been working with Victoria in different capacities for over the past year, over a year now. And last year was recently in a six month mastermind with her where we as a group really journeyed through the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. And conversation with God and conversation about God and our faith was really present and started to really blossom kind of like a rose unfolding infinitely. This conversation about God with God, with prayer, with our devotion as women, as feminine beings in walking the path of faith, it just began really naturally unfolding again, just like those petals of the rose. And that was not, you know, the intention of the mastermind. It was ultimately a business 
it was a business mastermind is really what it was. But, you know, I think every single one of us, and if you're listening, I love you, you know who you are. I think every single one of us came closer to God through that journey, even though that wasn't really, you know, what we were doing, but the deeper layers, it was what we were doing. And so in this next episode with Victoria, you know, she speaks, I speak, we speak a lot about God and our faith and using that language and using the word God. And I want to just have this episode. I feel like it's important to have this episode come out before that to really let you guys in on where I've been at with this. And, you know, even just saying the word God can be really triggering. And if you've been following along on my social media, you will likely have seen that I've been using the word God a lot more often in my stories, in my words, in my language. Some of the different music that I've been infusing into my stories and reels have been really faith-based worship music. That's a whole nother bit for later is this, this enjoyment and fucking deep pleasure and liberation through worship music. So I want to air out this conversation with God here today. And we're going to rewind and I want to bring you all the way back to my childhood where I was I grew up in a Catholic family, Catholic household. My parents were my parents were not religious. Um they didn't even go to church. But my grandparents on both sides, very Italian, my one set of grandparents straight from Italy, um, very devoted religious to the church. And my mom's parents, Slovenian, Italian, were also very religious, very church-based. And even though my parents didn't grow up go- or didn't go to church themselves when we were growing up, they didn't force us to go to church on Sundays or on the weekends. But I, you know, I was baptized in the church. I made my Holy Communion. I made my confirmation and I went to Sunday school. You know, we called it CCD. I went every Sunday. It was kind of this thing that us kids really dreaded going, but I always really remember kind of secretly really enjoying it and secretly really loving being in the church. And being jealous of some of my friends whose parents took them to church every weekend. So then I started going to church with some of my friends' parents who took them because I just, I wanted to be there. There was something that drew me to congregate in the church, even as a young child. And at the time, you know, as I've reflected over my journey at the time, I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know the deeper layers of the church. I didn't know the deeper layers of religious trauma and the darkness of a lot of church led behaviors and the ways that the church has overtaken so many cultural indigenous societies around the world. And I was just actually listening to another podcast before this, where this woman who's you know, families indigenous to Mexico was speaking about how, you know, the Catholic church kind of took over and, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering this, I haven't studied it myself. This was just what she was passing through on the episode was that really, you know, the Catholic church kind of took over and kicked out the indigenous wisdom or 
not kicked out, but kind of started to strip them away from their indigenous relationship to their God and what God meant for them. And, you know, there's so many stories and so much that we can, we can really learn about that. So I want to be really sensitive to the fact that I know a lot of us have experienced different levels of religious trauma in different ways. And we're not going to go into that now in this episode. That's not really what I'm here to speak about. What I'm here to really speak about is my journey and my story. Um, And so, you know, I started getting really involved as I was getting older. I became a lector, which meant that I spoke at the church. I gave some of the readings, one of the first readings during mass. I would get up in front of the entire church and stand up on the little altar thing and stand up at the, I don't even know what it's called, but with the Bible right up on there and a microphone. And I loved that. I always knew from a young age that I was here to speak, that my voice was a conduit, that my voice was powerful. And again, even though at the time I didn't really understand, like I didn't really know what the heck I was speaking about in the Bible. I didn't really know what I was studying. Basically, we were kind of just taught and a lot of what we learned through the church was just forced upon us. It was just imprinted upon us as children. and. Many of us didn't have a choice. Many of us, our parents made us go to church, made us go to CCD, made us, you know, have our communion and our confirmation and all of that. And it was something we kind of quote unquote, you know, air quotes had to do. And it was this thing that you did because your friends were doing it. And if you didn't do it, then you were a bad person and your family was going to reject you. And, you know, my grandparents were going to freak out, yada, yada, yada. But for me, what I now realized is that the church was my gateway to spirituality, even if I didn't know it at the time. And I began not only speaking at church at mass, I began going to retreats with my church and my friends. I began, I became a leader on one of the retreats that the church ran. I went on this, you know, these different away weekends where we had no phones and we were kind of camping in cabins and I don't even remember. We did so many different things. I actually, I want to spend more time kind of digging into some of those memories and reflecting on that one. I went to this event that we called search and I think it stood for something, but I don't remember exactly what. And, and I became a leader in these communities and I became, you know, someone who was organizing and leading as, as a young age. I don't even remember how old I was, but again, I now realize that that was my gateway to spirituality. And even though I was participating, you know, in the church and in mass and in these retreats and confirmation and Holy communion. I always felt like there was something more and that I was there for a greater reason. There was something, there was something else that was calling to me. It was, I didn't, I didn't believe even at a young age that you could only find God in the church because that's so much of what the church had taught me personally. And I think a lot of us in religion is that the only place you can find God is in church. And you got to, you got to go to church to find God and you got to go to church to talk to God and God is going to punish you. And you know, you're a sinner and all these things that I did when I started drinking alcohol and having sex and partying were all sins, right? Oh my gosh. But I knew, I knew deep down that that wasn't true. And I knew deep down there was something, there was really something else, but I didn't know what that something else was. I didn't know what that something else was at the time. And 
just before, and if um, some of you may have seen pictures, I don't know, I won't show it to you on the video now. I'm, I'm filming this um, this episode to put some clips up from it, but just before my confirmation, I got my first tattoo. And this was kind of a really rebellious act. I think I was really rebelling against my, my, my dad specifically and my grandparents. Well, my one grandma, my dad's mother who hated tattoos, hated, hated, hated tattoos. They didn't want me to get a tattoo. They didn't want me to get any tattoos. They were so against it. And so I think this was kind of this little, I don't know, teenage rebellion phase where I really wanted this tattoo. And I had this vision of a cross tattoo on the back of my neck, which is what I now have. And I told myself that the only way that I would get it is if I got my grandmother's blessing, if my grandma was okay with it. And this was my mom's mother, who is is very religious to this day. And she's she's very inspiring to me, both her and my grandpa and their faith. Even though, you know, we don't relate necessarily on the religious front in that sense anymore, but just in their in their deep faith and and devotion to God and to faith and to love. It's it's just so beautiful. They're the most generous and selfless people I've ever known. It's so, so beautiful. So anyway, basically I was like, I'm just, um, I'm going to get this tattoo if I get my grandma's blessing. If my grandma says I can. And she did. She was my sponsor for my confirmation, which I don't even really know what that means necessarily. She was just there with me. And uh, I got this tattoo and it was fucking painful. I've got this cross on the back of my neck and my dad was furious. He he got over it, of course, but I had this cross on the back of my neck and it felt like this, I don't even know at the time, I think it was again, like I said, this rebellious act and this feeling like I was declaring something. And also at the time, I just thought it was really cool. And I thought I would look cool and sexy, you know, this pretty blonde chick with this cross tattoo on the back of her neck, whatever. Oh my God. Love that version of me. Love her, love her, love her. And fast forward, you know, that was probably when I was what, 16 years old, 17 years old. I don't even know how old you're when you make your confirmation. I forget, but it was in high school. And now we fast forward when I discovered yoga. And I came to find yoga actually through Bikram yoga and just stay with me because this is very related. You're like, God, yoga, what the heck? It's very related. (laughs) Let me just take a sip of water. So I came to find yoga, which was honestly, actually through, you know, the main reason I actually entered yoga was for exercise purposes at the beginning. I was at a point in my life where I was really struggling with eating disorders, with body dysmorphia, with this really poor relationship to my body. And I would do anything that I could to have an intense workout and burn calories and sweat. And so I found Bikram yoga, which if you guys don't know, it's a ridiculously hot, high heated yoga class of intense postures, a series of 26 postures. I actually love it. And I started practicing Bikram again last year and kind of fell in love with it again. I haven't, haven't done it in a while, but I came to find Bikram and then that led me to finding just regular kind of vinyasa yoga and led me to really discovering the yoga community. And my cousin became a yoga teacher 
and she was a couple years older than me or is. And I really looked up to her and she really, really, really inspired me through her path of devotion up with yoga and the spirituality and the love and the bhakti that she was finding through yoga and just this, this beautiful devotion that she had to this practice and this spirit, this spiritual, this spiritual path. And I slowly, but surely, actually, I don't think it was slowly, but surely, I think it was very quickly, very quickly. I actually started teaching yoga myself. I would study the teachers while I was practicing and learned through attending yoga classes. And you know, I know you don't just take yoga classes and then go teach. I went and did multiple yoga trainings, over 350 hours in trainings I've done. But at the time, it came so naturally to me. It came so, so, so naturally to me that I just began teaching. I started working at the yoga studio. I started doing this thing called Karma Yogi, which some of you may be familiar with, where I would clean the yoga studio in exchange for free classes. Like I just wanted to live at the yoga studio. It became my safe place. It became my church. The yoga studio became my version of church. And I loved it. I loved it. And very quickly, I began to basically reject all notions of church, of religion, of of God. I was not using God. I was kind of entering this more new age spiritual path with yoga and finding spirituality through yoga. So it was kind of like I completely rejected where I had come from. And oftentimes that happens is we, we, we have to do this pendulum swing. And I talk about this often in regards to our journey with the masculine and the feminine dynamics within ourselves is, you know, a lot of us, especially women and womb holders, we can really start out in our kind of more adult lives and even, you know, high school, college, teenage, adult lives in this really masculine hustle going, I can do anything a man can do. I'm independent. I'm strong. We like really burn out and just, oh, just suffocate our feminine essence and our creativity and our pleasure and our devotion. And then we find this divine feminine path and this flowy creativity, juicy, pleasure, yummy. way of life. And we swing all the way to that side. And then we're, we don't even realize it, but we're still super imbalanced because then we're totally rejecting the masculine and only the feminine is good. And you know, you know how the whole spiel goes. That's a whole nother episode. And then a lot of times, eventually we come to find this equilibrium and this harmony. And I personally went through that myself and have now found this beautiful harmony between the two, which is a very deep journey itself. And that's very similar as to what happened with my journey in relationship with God and my faith is I was so deep in the church. And then I so swung to the other end of the spectrum, went deep into yoga, meditation, kind of more Buddhist teachings, you know, meditation, I think I said meditation already, (laughs) but you know what I mean? I went all the way to the other side of just this kind of more yogic path and very new age spirituality. And now where I'm at is finding that harmony and finding that equilibrium. And there was a point where, so I have, I think 12, 11 or 12 tattoos. I've got a cross on the back of my neck. I've got Sanskrit on my shoulder. I've got the Aquarius sign on my ribs. 
I've got the sun and the moon on my wrists. I've got a constellation or stars on my ankle. I've got words up my spine. I've got ohm with an ocean wave on my arm. I've got mushrooms. What else? I've got this beautiful uh, cyclical, these, this cycle of arrows with leaves. You know, I have, I have all these tattoos and there was a point where I started getting more of these tattoos. I was in my yogic path. I was, you know, going vegan, going vegetarian, going fruitarian, just really, really down this yogic path, which again, whole other episode. But then I started getting more of these tattoos that were Sanskrit and, and my Zodiac signs and people, so many people were like, oh my God, do you regret your cross tattoo? Like, I can't believe you have a cross tattoo and you also have all these other spiritual signs. These are like, do you regret that? Do you regret getting your cross tattoo? Does that feel stupid? Do you feel stupid that you're not religious anymore and you have a cross tattoo on the back of your neck? Oh my God. You have no idea how much, how much hate and just how much freaking shade I got for that. And at first I was a bit triggered, but deep down I knew that and what I always said, and people would ask me the symbolism of the cross on the back of my neck. And what I always said from the very beginning is it's a reminder to me that I can't see God, but he's always there. I can't always see God. I can't always see the answers. I can't always see what's next. I can't always see what's coming for me, what's going on, but I know God is always there. But I, but I believe it's like believing before we see it instead of the world that we live in is very, see it so you can believe it or believe it. Yeah. See it. So you can believe it. I don't, I don't, I won't believe it until I see it. But this tattoo for me was really a symbol of believe it and then see it. You know, even if I can't see, even if I'm blind, even if I I'm clouded, even if I can't physically see who or what God is, which is we'll get more into because God is everywhere. Again, it was my, my reminder that God is always everywhere because I can't see this cross on the back of my neck. I, 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 can, I barely can see it in the mirror unless I put a mirror behind me to see it. So that's really what it stood for for me. And as I started developing my spiritual journey in different paths, you know, going down the more yogic path and et cetera, et cetera. When people would ask me, oh my God, do you regret the cross tattoo? My answer was no, no, I didn't, I don't regret it because it's a reminder of where I've come from. It's a reminder of the journey that I've been on. Yes, I would love to thin it out and make it a little bit smaller because it's a bit too thick for my liking, <laughs> like solid, like wide, you know, the, the cross. But it's a reminder of my journey and it's a reminder of where I've come from. and. Now being at this point in my journey where I'm at, where I'm coming back to what I'm coming back to Jesus. I'm coming back to relationship with Jesus, relationship with God. And it just feels like it's this really full circle moment and full circle experience that's, that's happening right now. And, you know, I, again, like I said, at the beginning of this episode, this journey right now is messy and it is so imperfect for me right now. I am, I am fully in it. I'm speaking to you from being in it. And, you know, for a while I was 
really felt it just needed to be an internal journey. It wasn't a journey for me to share with the world yet, but today, coincidentally enough, today is Good Friday, the day that Jesus was resurrected. I mean, the day that Jesus was crucified. I'm sorry. It's a couple of days before Easter. And the episode with Victoria was actually supposed to come out today. And I just find it so beautiful and so synchronistic, but not even that God led me to offer you this episode today on Good Friday. And I don't particularly celebrate Good Friday. I didn't go get ashes on Ash Wednesday. Again, I'm not really, I don't go to church. I don't consider myself religious. Yes, I celebrate Easter with my family, but it's just because it's something that we do. I don't go to church on Easter. I don't go to church on Christmas. But I just thought it was so interesting that God has asked me to bring you this message and bring you my story on the day that Jesus was crucified. I have like full body chills. It just, I was on a walk this morning with my dog and it was like, it's time. And then I realized that it's good. I didn't, I didn't even realize in toll. I was on my walk this morning that today is, is good Friday. Um, and so I have actually been doing kind of my own research about what good Friday really is and what it really represents. And, um, if you guys haven't seen, so this is kind of a bit of another episode as well. I have so many things to bookmark, but before, you know, actually before, before I started really diving into this relationship with God, I've actually been really on the path of Mary Magdalene and deeply believe that I am here as a vessel and as a daughter of Mary Magdalene, as a sister of the Magdalene. And I guess that, you know, my journey with Mary Magdalene over the past couple of years. And so if you guys haven't seen, there's a movie on Netflix called Mary Magdalene. You can literally watch it on, on Netflix. I've watched it a few times. It's stunning. I've cried. Um, so I cried so much while I was watching it. And I just thought it, it was a really beautiful movie focusing on her story and also the story of Jesus, um, you know, which I, I'm not going to go fully into here, but I started feeling very called. And as you guys know, obviously this podcast is called Rebel Rose Radio. I have a fond and deep relationship with Rose as a plant, as an ally, as a spirit, as a medicine. And my homecoming to and discovery of the medicine of Rose is what led me to my discovery and love of and with Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene is really known as Jesus's conduit on earth for love, like Jesus's messenger. Once Jesus was died and crucified, it was Mary Magdalene's job to, to carry his love throughout the world and to share his message and to share his love through the world. I'm actually going to have a guest, probably multiple on the podcast to really have a full episode on Mary Magdalene and have a Mary Magdalene transmission. But I guess really what I want to share is that my, my path, you know, my path of coming to this kind of newfound relationship with God and relation to relationship with my spirituality and faith 
actually, you know, went from that religious background to actually discovering Mary Magdalene and the path of the rose. And this came through my womb healing and womb wisdom path, my path with the blood mysteries, with the menstrual cycle, with this feminine awakening and feminine embodiment work that I really began taking on and coming home to. I feel like I really came home to my body and to my truth through these feminine practices, which is where I then discovered, you know, Mary Magdalene and the Rose. And I then started, I then discovered Yeshua and the relationship between Mary Magdalene and Yeshua, aka Jesus. And their divine sacred union and their deeply tantric, spiritual, sacred, holy union. And, you know, that that's also really the huge foundation and, and some of my greatest guides in the whole Rebel Rose brand and all of the offerings. And that's one of the reasons why I've actually paused the Rebel Rose six-month container because there's been a deeper journey, kind of a pilgrimage that I've been called to go on with Mary Magdalene and Yeshua and this journey with God and my faith before I can open up the portals of the Rebel Rose containers again. And I'm very excited for when that does happen. So I guess kind of my coming, you know, my coming back to God really actually start. I don't want to say it started. Okay. I'm kind of getting tongue-tied at the moment because I forgot about this whole part about Mary Magdalene. I didn't, I didn't write that in my notes. Now I'm like, wait, what the hell? This like the rose and Mary Magdalene, Magdalene has literally been the gate. Also another gateway. Cause you know, as we walk our path, we have so many gateways, so many doors, so many portals into our next seasons of life, our next chapters, our next evolutions. And my coming home to the rose and to Mary Magdalene was another portal for me to God really through the feminine path and the feminine Mary Magdalene as the feminine face of Christ, the, fe- Ooh, the feminine face of God spilling my water. So, okay, let me take a deep breath. We're at Mary Magdalene. We're at Yeshua. Where do I want to go? Okay. So throughout this time, I basically throughout this entire time, my entire life, I've had this deeper knowing and belief in God. But as I became an online entrepreneur and started doing this more feminine goddess, goddess, divine feminine healing work, I really was rejecting the notion of God being this masculine figure and even using the word God in general. You know, I was using the word source universe, even spirit. And that's what I was consuming in all of the, in all of the spiritual teachings that I was learning and all of the, the, the new age kind of manifestation techniques. And we actually have an upcoming guest who I'm very excited about, who we're going to talk even more deeply about this and talk about manifestation and manipulation just to, to plug that here quickly as well. But I realized that no one was using the word God. And anytime I felt like I maybe wanted to use the word God, it was like my throat contracted and I, I, I suppressed that. And 
I would suffocate my truth and my voice to be more palatable to others because saying God felt scary. It felt like I was going to trigger people. It felt like people would run in the other direction. It felt like it was going to be frowned upon, like they were going to think that I was this church, cult, religious kind of person. And so I was suffocating my truth to be more palatable for others. And that just never goes down well. Okay. That just never goes down well. So last year in 2022, I started working with Victoria and coming through her, through her transmissions and speaking and openness about God and about her journey with God and her coming out of the closet in the sense and her faith, I began to really come closer to God myself and began to really consider, wait, what do I really believe? What do I really believe in? And I've always had a relationship with prayer. And, you know, in one of the first episodes, this is, I shared this clip as a reel on the Rebel Rose Radio Instagram of me and Christabel doing the first episode and sharing our opening prayer with you all. And there was a huge, like so many people watched it. There was a huge response to that of me sharing my relationship with prayer. And I'm actually going to read to you, going to read to you what that post said. Okay. Because I really find prayer to be such a divinely feminine act of devotion. I find it as this way to, you know, where meditation, I find that meditation is a practice to be still and listen. And prayer is a conversation. Prayer is communication. So I'm going to read to you this caption. This is what I wrote. Prayer has been a devotional practice for me for most of my life. Ever since I was a young girl, my grandmother taught me to pray. And I would pray in bed at night for the health of my family and loved ones, for safety, happiness, and peace. Some prayers from church when I was involved in the church. Many, I did not even know what they meant but I could feel the undercurrent of love weaved through it all. Over the course of my life, my relationship to prayer has changed, evolved, shape-shifted. I rejected it for a while as I rejected the notion of God. I was embarrassed for anyone to see me pray before meals, so eventually my hiding it turned into my leaving it in the distance for a while. At this point in my life now, I pray every day. I pray when my eyes gently gaze open each morning all the way through till my head hits the pillow at night. With practice, it's become organic and natural, just as brushing my teeth or even as natural as breathing. I'd say more natural, as natural as breathing because sometimes we don't brush our teeth. (laughs) 
I find prayer to be such a feminine form of devotion, of faith, of communion with God. Prayer to me is a ritual, my own art and your own art, your unique form of communicating with form of God that you believe in. Prayer has been infused into my business even more so over the recent year. So I invite you into a peek behind the scenes of the first episode of Rebel Rose Radio as my dear sister Christabel and I open the recording space with a prayer and intention. May you find a home here in Rebel Rose. Our arms are wide open with deepest love and gratitude. Mm. So you can just, you can head to the Rebel Rose Radio Instagram. It's at Rebel Rose Radio. I'll leave it in the show notes and just give that a listen. Give that, give that episode a watch and see how that lands with you. And yeah, that kind of sums up my relationship to prayer. And there's been a lot of rock bottoms over the past year, year and a half, where I've truly been brought to my knees at my darkest points. One of them was during COVID, after I had COVID, when I was in a pretty depressed state and a really low place with my relationship with my partner. And I remember being home in our little forest cottage space with the fire lit and dropping down to my knees in humbled prayer, in humility, in pain. I was wailing. I was screaming. I was crying. I thought I, thought I had ruined our relationship. And the only thing that I knew to do at that point was to pray, was to surrender into the loving arms of God, was to ask for God to wrap his arms around me and my relationship. And I will say this recently happened only weeks ago where I was at yet another rock bottom in my relationship where I didn't know if we were going to make it. and no amount of my forcing, of my trying, of my apologies, of my words could do anything. The only thing that could help, the only thing that could support us, that could support me, that could save the relationship was God. And, you know, I felt that really deeply. And It brings so much up, brings up so much emotion, and at the same time, again, it's it feels so humbling to have met God on my knees, and to also now be on the other side of it. I mean, still in a journey of healing within our relationship for sure. It's not perfect, but. God is working through us. God is, 
I, I pray every day to not only hold me in the loving arms of God, but to hold our relationship in the loving arms of God, to show me how to love my partner, to show me how to love myself, to show me how to be a mature, loving woman in relationship, to show me how to be the best partner that I can be. Because my human Ah, my human has her days where she doesn't fucking know how to do that, where she doesn't know how to love, where she doesn't want to love, where her wounds and her childhood traumas and her pain gets in the way. Her pain is armor over my heart, over her heart. And all I can do every day now and all I do every day now, instead of trying to change or fix anything, is to ask and pray for God to disarmor and de-armor my heart to break down the walls, break down any walls and chains that I have up over my heart, keeping me from love, keeping me from being love, keeping me from being love, loving, a loving person, a loving woman. And the deeper I also come into relationship with Mary Magdalene as the conduit for God's love, as a conduit for Jesus's love in feminine form, I realize that we as women my, I'll speak for myself. I am here to be a vessel of love, to be a conduit of love. My body, the feminine body with, so I, I, I speak to breast massage as one of the most beautiful and powerful ways to de-armor our heart and to clear density and negative energy and trauma and pain and imprints from past lovers, breast massage, intentional breast massage is one of the most beautiful, beautiful ways to do that. Because from nipple to nipple, we as women have this arc line that runs from nipple to nipple. And you can think of this arc line as this kind of energy field that can trap energy. As you walk throughout the day, the the feminine form, our breasts are known as our positive pole. Your breasts are your positive pole of your body, meaning that that is where you give to the world. Literally, just look look at your breasts. Look at the breasts on a woman, on a female body, on a female figure. The nipples point outward. The nipples are there to provide nourishment for babies, nourish to feed and nurture their children. The breasts are a place of provision, of nurturance. And when you walk out in the world every single day, one of the first things that is projected out into the world is your breasts, whether you've got big ones or small ones or, you know, whatever's going on with your breasts, that's how you meet the world. And so very often, unconsciously and Unconsciously, we can take on a lot of energies from other people if we are not properly, you know, practicing energetic hygiene and clearing this arc line and clearing our breasts and putting protection over this space and over our heart space. We are absorbing not only the imprints of lovers and past lovers, but we are absorbing kind of just the imprints of the world. And so, this practice of breast massage to clear this arc line of any energy that is stuck there that is not yours is a really, really beautiful practice 
to de-armor your heart and come back to love, to come back to openness, to come back to your innate feminine receptivity. Okay. And I guess I just really spoke to that kind of tangent (laughs) unrelated, but also related because as I was speaking about Mary Magdalene being a vessel of love in this world, we as women, as feminine beings, as womb holders, no matter what you identify as, as womb holders, you, you are a vessel of love. You are a conduit of love. You are here to bring love to the world. And, you know, I feel like this coming into a new and right relationship with God has humbled me to the fact that I have been so incredibly selfish that I have been so incredibly in my maiden season of life. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. And what I'm now seeing through the help of my partner, through the help of the women and people I'm surrounding myself with and teachings and communion with God that I am journeying right now and ultimately figuring out because I really want to just say, I don't have this figured out and my mind can change tomorrow. I have the right to change my mind. We all reserve the right to change our minds. So, you know, in a couple of weeks, I might change my mind about something that I said on this podcast. And that's just part of the evolution, you know? And in a couple of weeks, I'm probably going to, you know, hopefully feel a bit clearer on some of the things that I've spoken about, but where I'm at, what I'm sharing right now is from my, from this point of life, from this vantage point, from this stage of where I'm at, what I can see and what I'm experiencing. So this, I've been in this deeply humbling journey of what feels like, you know, as I think about motherhood, as I think about going into really, really coming into union with my partner and committing to a life together, as I think about our future, it's no longer about me and it's about us and it's about our future. And instead of living such a me and self-centered life, I want to live a God-centered life. I want to live a womb-centered life. And I can do both. I can be both God-centered and womb-centered. And what I find is so interesting is that people want us to box ourselves into boxes, to literally put ourselves into boxes where If I am living this womb feminine healing life, then I also can't really talk about God. Or if I'm reading books about Kali and Lakshmi and Durga and Saraswati, I can't also be reading books about Jesus, right? Like we're told that that's not okay, that you've got to just pick one. But right now where I'm at in my journey is slipstreaming between identities and from one identity into another. And right now I'm in the gray 
murky waters of the in-between where it's so deeply humbling and it feels almost like, you know, a child being so innocent and curious that that childlike innocence, that childlike curiosity of discovering the world for the first time and not none of it is wrong. Nothing that they do is wrong. And they don't put children, don't put themselves into boxes. They let themselves explore and make mistakes and get right back up again. And that really feels like where I am at. And um, I do want to give voice to one other person on this journey who's been really a beautiful light for me. I don't know her personally, but she's Peta Kelly. And some of you listening will know Peta Kelly and her unfolding journey with God from what she's shared through um, subscribe to her Substack, which is incredible from what she shared through her Substack, her words just hit somewhere inside of me, deeply confronting and deeply expanding and deeply resonant. And that is really where through reading one of her pieces, I started to really contemplate this how self-centered I've been and how self-centered the personal development, literally personal development journey and industry really is where God actually asks us to fucking surrender our identity and our egos and let his plan take over. And right now I am in the dance and the practice of remembering and knowing that God's plan is greater than my plan. That my human, as insignificant and significant as I am simultaneously, can think I have a vision or a plan or desire, but God ultimately has the greater plan for my life. and. It's been really humbling to slowly let go of a lot of really unhealthy, addictive manifestation practices that only burnt me out and exhausted me. It's been so humbling and so liberating and so challenging to let a lot go of what I've learned and what I've invested in over the past years in the personal development journey to actually sit back and rest into the loving arms of God, knowing that as long as he has his hands on my life, as long as I am open to feeling his hands on my life, I am safe, I am protected, I am provided for. and. No plan that I have, no plan that I have is better than the plan that God has. And I wrote this last paragraph. It's not anything perfect or edited, but I want to just read it while I'm while I'm here before we close up is where I'm at now is imperfect, messy, raw, and confusing most times. I am in a season of slipping out of one identity and into another, 
but I'm not in a rush, nor do I need to explain. I'm allowing myself to be in the murky gray waters. And for the first time in a long time, I am not in a rush to climb or swim my way out, exhaust myself back to shore, back to an illusion of safety. Because I know that the only true safety lies within and the only true safety lies in God. Because I know that God is the shore and he is always there to hold me, to receive me, to be a firm foundation for me to walk and land upon. But for now, I am exploring the depths, the mysterious waters and tumultuous waves of the ocean and slowly, patiently, one stroke at a time finding my way back to shore. Hmm. So I want to leave you with that. This was longer than I planned. And I think I'm going to have the biggest vulnerability hangover of my life after this. (laughs) So if you resonated with any of this, at all. If you're currently walking a similar path, if you're currently questioning any of your personal development practices, if you're currently in the void or finding God, figuring out what the fuck God actually is, I don't know. I don't have the answers to any of that. Excuse me. I don't have the answers to that. I'm not here with answers, guys. I am not here with answers. I am here to share my journey up close and personal. But I would love for you to send me a message either personally on I am Gina Francis Instagram or Rebel Rose Radio Instagram so we can speak and connect and commune and Yeah, I would just really love to hear from you. And if any of this triggered you, if you disagree with this, just be with it. I am not available for your reactions or your hate or your your triggers. I'm not here to hold a space for that. So I invite you to hold a space for your own triggers. And If you need, find support from others to hold space for your triggers. But what I am here for is a space to hold multiple truths at once and for that to be okay. Because I believe that this world that we are creating now, those of us who are here to intentionally create a world of more love and greater union and intimacy, we have to be able to hold multiple truths at once and still love and respect one another because we're not all here to have the same truth and to have the same opinions. And that's what's creating so much division in this world, okay, is the fight against different beliefs and different views. But the only way that we can create this air quote new earth 
is through being able to hold multiple truths, multiple opinions at once without making any of them right or wrong, good or bad, but just to be with them and to respect that. So I love you guys. And again, your your support, your messages would mean the world because I think I'm about to go into the biggest vulnerability hangover of my life. (laughs) So, but I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. And I love you all. Thank you for receiving this and listening and being with me in my imperfection. I love you. And I'll see you next week for an incredible, incredible episode with Victoria Washington all around wealth, embodiment, money, worth, and God. I love you. Mm, All right, my love. Thank you so much for spending your time with me here today. If this episode served you, I invite you to share it with a friend, share it with a sister, a loved one, someone that you feel could receive medicine from this episode as well. If you share this episode to your story, to your socials, please tag me at I am Gina Francis and the Rebel Rose Radio Instagram at Rebel Rose Radio so that I can see, so that I can connect with you and love on you. And my DMs are always open for you to share your messages, your feedback, and what you've been loving about the podcast. It would be such a gift if you could subscribe, rate, give a five-star rating and review the podcast so more beautiful humans around the world can receive the magic of Rebel Rose Radio. Again, thank you so much. It's been such an honor to be here with you today and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. I will see you so soon. So much love.